Well, hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Dr. Joe Galati podcast, broadcasting high above the Texas Medical Center in Houston, purveyor of all things related to the liver, health and wellness, nutrition, food and cooking, and all around doctor banter and witty repartee with our experts that visit us. Our website is drjoegalati.com. If you'd like to send me a note, subscribe to our newsletter, or even see me as a patient. If you want to call and be part of the program, dial us at 888-438-9431. And now, on with the podcast. Well, a good day to everybody, Dr. Joe Galati. Thanks for taking a listen to this podcast episode. It is July 5th. Hope everybody had a good and safe 4th of July holiday. And in, in this particular podcast episode, the topic we are talking about is really twofold. One is you, the consumer of healthcare, you, the owner of your body, or the co owner with another family member, meaning you may be the husband, the wife, the brother, the friend, the significant other, and you're with people that you have influence over. And for as really as long as I could remember, even before getting into medical school and my residency and all the training that I've had, I have always been a big favor of being proactive, being one or two or three steps ahead, staying healthy, but most importantly, you have to understand what is at stake. The problem that I see with so many of my patients, and this is not an occasional problem, that rare bird that sort of walks into the office, it is the, uh, the, the majority of patients have had some sort of medical ailment. Maybe it's an actual bona fide disease that they know about. Let's just say hypertension, diabetes, thyroid disorder, a bad back, and they are just, in a sense, kicking the can down the road. They go to the doctor. They try to do whatever they're supposed to do a little better, but they are progressively getting worse. And so there is not this internal fire that will get people excited to say, what what can I do to alter the course of this disease? This, that's what we call the natural history. So if a particular disease, and it could be brain cancer, it could be arthritis, it could be a bladder infection, it doesn't matter. The natural history, as we would look at it on the practitioner side, would be what happens, what unfolds if nothing is done. Antibiotics aren't started, chemotherapy isn't started, uh, a certain medication, et cetera, et cetera. So the story here that you'll hear unfold on the podcast is a listener, a follower that 
reached out to me a couple of days before this past week's radio program, which is on Sunday evening, and essentially had shared that he went for a calcium score, a coronary calcium score. Now, this is a a test that is done via a non-contrast CAT scan of the heart. And the way it is set up and calibrated, it will identify calcium buildup in the coronary arteries. And through the computer process and analysis of the images that are obtained, a calcium score basically reflecting, and now I am the non-cardiologist here, basically giving you the burden of calcium in the coronary arteries. Now, anywhere in the body, the deposition of calcium is, and it should be thought of, as the end result of injury to that tissue. And in this particular case, it is the inside of the lining of the coronary arteries. So it is the injury and repair injury repair that will ultimately result in the deposit or deposition of calcium. And so calcium is a fingerprint, in a sense, of injury. And in the heart, in the coronary arteries, these are the small arteries that feed oxygen-rich blood to your heart muscle, Injury and the increase in calcium may be associated with the risk of a heart attack or a risk of a stroke due to injury and narrowing of the artery. You're not getting enough blood through. That means not enough oxygen and the tissue suffers. Now, Paul, the listener, essentially went and got this test done on his own. He was having a neighborly conversation, things that we all take for granted. Maybe he didn't exactly say where it was. Was it his kitchen table? What is it? Was it his garage? Was it at the mailbox? Was it at the local Dunkin' Donuts? I don't know where it took place. But he had a casual conversation with a friend who I do not believe is in the medical field. And they were just basically saying, hey, you're in your 60s you have to get one of these calcium score tests. And so Paul went ahead and did it. Now, it was not something that was discussed, recommended, or encouraged by his physician. Now, not to, not to throw the physician under the bus, but it just didn't happen. There was some question that this is a test that is not covered by insurance. So if it's not covered by insurance, There are physicians that will say, look, it's not covered. I don't want to have you incur a $100 or $1,000 bill just for the heck of it. So it was not brought up. Now, the background on Paul, he did admit that he gained 20 to 30 pounds, whether it was part of the uh, COVID lockdown that he was still uh, dealing with or He retired and was just not as active or just wasn't eating as well. And he has a history of high cholesterol and is on a statin. So he does have 
risk factors for the potential for coronary artery disease. I don't believe he went for an echocardiogram or went for a test of his carotid arteries or look at his abdominal aorta to see if he has an aneurysm or any other cardiovascular intervention or stress test, anything like that. So Paul was being a good citizen, exercising, as he states, five to six days a week or more, trying to eat right, though, has gained weight over the past several years, and is taking his cholesterol medicine. So the bottom line here, it turns out that his calcium score was through the roof. It was over a thousand. And so on the podcast, in addition to hearing Paul's story, we have Dr. James Wilson, a cardiologist here in Houston, Texas, to, in a sense, break down what this means, what the next step is, and how all of you, all of us, should look at our cardiac risk profile. And so the the bottom line, whoop, the bottom line here is we need to be proactive. We need to be interested. We need to dig and ask questions of our physicians, our nurse practitioners, our physician assistants that are part of our treatment team. Now, I'm not saying everybody needs a coronary calcium score. I'm not saying everybody needs to go for a stress test tomorrow. But what I, what I am saying is you need to have the wherewithal to say, this is the situation. I'm 40, I'm 50, I'm 60, I'm 70. I have high blood pressure. I have elevated cholesterol. I have just a touch of the dreaded diabetes. Now, by the way, there is no such thing as a touch of diabetes. That's dumbing it down. That's no good. You either have a problem or you don't. And I have certain risk factors. Should I be considered for these more advanced imaging tests like a coronary calcium score or some other test? We're not trying to practice medicine here. It's just to ask questions. You may go to your doctor tomorrow and say, hey, I heard this podcast. I need a calcium score. And they may say, no, you don't. You don't need anything or you need this, some other test or intervention. So I am, I am simply saying, be a better consumer. The radio program, Your Health First, just about every week, I start off saying that we want you to be a better consumer of healthcare. How can you raise your health IQ? So today we're talking about heart disease. We have Paul on the line and his health journey here. But what about the person that has diabetes and a touch of kidney disease that's setting in? Or about somebody that has severe migraines that are poorly controlled or arthritis or some other gastrointestinal problem, chronic pancreatitis? Okay, so the message here, and we talk about it in the podcast, and I've gone a little over here as an introduction, but I do think it is worth it. This is a real lightning rod topic that we all need to think about. Become more of your 
best own advocate. If you are not advocating for yourself or you're not advocating for your wife, your brother, your husband, your significant other, your kids, your parents, really nobody else is. So that really, if I leave any impression with you, that is it. All right, well, look, as always, drjoegalati.com is our website. Sign up for our newsletter and all that we have to offer. And if you ever need to reach out to me on the website, drjoegalati.com, there is a contact box. You could send me an email message through the website. We love to hear from you, as we did from Paul, and we try to get some answers and highlight uh, his uh, his problem here. All right, look, here's the podcast. Hope you enjoy it. Feedback, share this podcast, and subscribe. Have a great day. Every Sunday between 7 and 8, we are here. And one of the, one of the issues that I've been talking about as long as we've been on the radio is that this is a forum. We're able to get people on the phone and talk with us. We get people in the studio and we're able to get people that communicate through our website. They send me messages and um, received a message from Paul from Jersey. Paul, are you on the line? I am Joe. Good evening. Oh, Hey Paul, thanks for joining us. And what we want to do is be able for all of us here to be a forum for this kind of information. You all have questions about healthcare, your own health or the health of a family member. And so uh, really glad, Paul, you can make it. So, Paul, why don't you really uh, give a quick overview of what you sort of ran into this past week or so? Well, I'll tell you, Joe, I started um, the week feeling like the most healthy guy loving life and loving being retired. Right. Uh, and I, through uh, God's providence and luck, I previously had been speaking with one of my neighbors about what I saw as a gap in my annual physical. And he, we had a conversation and the conversation really revolved around the fact that, you know, I had seen Ray Liotta pass away and Ray Romano talk about uh, heart issues that he had. Right. And it seemed to me that, you know, in my annual physical, they never really checked uh, the status of, you know, my my arteries. So make a long story uh, short, uh, on Monday, on the advice of my neighbor, he told me that there was this calcium heart test that I could take uh, and that it was not covered by insurance. And that's why generally the physicians don't prescribe it. But then he told me that the cost was ridiculously low. Anyway, I took the test on Monday, thinking I am a lion and the greatest mm. health and I exercise like a fiend. And then um, while playing golf Tuesday, I got a message from my internist who said that my levels were ele elevated. Right. Uh, naturally, that resulted in a shank, a hook, and everything yeah. else. <laughs> You're in the sand and trap. There you go. And then, you know, being a layman, I didn't understand what elevated meant. And um, when I spoke to him in the evening, I found out what elevated meant. So I really uh, got a astronomical score. And, you know, now I'm in the process of, of dealing with it. I went through all of the emotions in the sure. uh, beginning of the week. And now I'm at the, you know, the determination stage to, to deal with this matter. And also um, sort of evangelize from just a layman. 
um, the importance of getting uh, being more of an advocate for yourself during your exam and, and being a little smarter about what is being checked and not checked. Right, uh, right. I hope that answers your question. No, no, no. You know, I really think it, it, it does. And I uh, to, to not be glib here in any way, you are getting – now, look, we all talk to friends. We've got this network of, of uh, people that we trust. And to say that you're getting your health care advice from your neighbor, well, that may have – that seems to be a good thing that you did, but it is always a little disappointing that our – Healthcare teams are not leading the way to look at you and say, be it Paul, be it Bob, be it Mary, you have these risk factors, family risk factors. You smoke, you drink, and you're 80 pounds overweight. You need to get this test done. How, how do you feel? And again, you being uh, uh, the, um, the person that's going to really promote this and, and talk to your neighbors and friends is going to be a very important. But how did, how did you react to that to say, gee, I'm trying to do the right thing and I've got to go out and find this test myself? I'm going to tell you, you know, going into the test, I was just grateful. And, you know, I was very confident that I would not have an issue. And, it, you know, just right. felt why, why, just wise to do it. I really did not have the expectations <laughs> of the results. And quite honestly, um, I was really shocked. And I, I think I use the term, I was rocked by the results. Yeah. I really, really was surprised. I have a very close relationship with my internist. Uh-huh. And just, and, you know, I, I've retired, so my insurance isn't as good as it was. But, you know, I had fantastic insurance and it just never came up. And I think it's a disconnect between, you know, the internist trying to, you know, say, what do I absolutely need? And what what is extra and really being led by the insurance company. And then, you know, the irony of it is the test is so, so very cheap. I don't think I presented, you know, I, I love my internist. I don't think I presented a lot of risk factors. Um, right. You know, I would say that, I, you know, I probably, you know, probably as a result of one of my heroes, my mother, yeah. who was religious with Jack LaLanne, um, you know, I'm a. I exercise generally six days a week. Right. I've run four marathons. I actually feel great. Um, emotionally, I may be a little bit, right. you know, not where I was. Right. But, you know, I really, I really feel, feel great in, in my, you know, and I, I guess the, the sort of the breaking point for me was uh, a couple of years ago, um, I did start to have things that had never happened. Uh, I played sports throughout even college, you know, not, uh-huh. a, not a high level. Um, but I, you know, mostly had, you know, athletic sprains and, you know, fracture here and right. there, but, you know, never a surgery, you know, nothing like that. When I um, was, I'm 63 now, uh-huh. uh, when I was uh, 59, um, I had a melanoma scare and I had melanoma removed. Uh-huh. And then the following year I had uh, back surgery. But other than that, I've never had you, you've been you know, healthy. a concern at all. Yeah. yeah. With, so... For for everybody listening tonight, um, one of the things that we try to drill in and, and what I think is the value of the program is for you, the consumer, you know, Paul sitting at home, being not afraid to ask questions about, do I need this test? Do I need this evaluation? What would you say from your own past history, going back years to what has just happened now, what advice do you have, everybody listening? 
I, you know, it's actually interesting. I, I've had some conversations with uh, my classmates from high school, uh-huh. and I, I have found that generally the population would be in my category, which is you get the test, you have a good conversation with the doctor, very, very open, and you trust the doctor, and, you know, you do what, what he says. A subset of my classmates has said, what tests are available, and can you tell me about them? And don't bring the insurance into this. And and I think those people have had this test and they've had stress tests and, and other tests, which I've not had. So I would say, um, you know, I, as you can tell, I, I like to talk. So I, I yeah. think talk talk to your peers about about their health. And then also, um, you know, I have great respect for, for, for physicians in general and, uh-huh. you know, the ones that I've dealt with and ask them what else is available. And I think that that, you know, I'm not going to point fingers. I, I point the finger at myself. I really did not ask what other tests can I have or say, what risks do I have that are not covered by the annual physical? Right. And I think that would that would help quite a bit. And I think, you know, just a little diligence, you know, you know, now I'm probably more familiar with, uh, you know, the number of people that, um, you know, suffer from heart disease and perish from heart disease. But right. asking some of the things that that I should be concerned about yeah. rather than, you know, being stuck in the, you know, my mother's generation where you, you, you just want to get the doctor to say you, you can get out and you don't have to do anything. Yeah. So it's more, you know, being pro, I think it need, the, the patient needs to be more proactive on their behalf and say, how can I prevent the things that are, you know, afflicting, um, right. you know, my peer group. Yeah. You know, and I, and I, I think what happens is when I, when I talk to patients, they will say either the doctor's in a rush or, they don't want to have a conversation with me, but you have to make that conversation as you did, Paul. Well, look, Paul, we're out of time for this segment. I'd like to hear back from you in a few weeks with an update. How does that sound? That sounds great, and I really appreciate your time. And for your people out there, get get some tests and be more advocates for yourself. Absolutely. All right, Paul, thank you. All right, coming, you. Yeah, coming up is Dr. Wilson, Dr. James Wilson. We're going to talk about this coronary calcium score that uh, Paul just went for and some other tests and risk factors and what you all need to know. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Thanks very much for tuning in on this 4th of July weekend. We will be right back. So glad you could be with us tonight. Don't forget drjoegalati.com is our website. Sign up for our newsletter. Send us a message. You can email me right through the website. Information about our book and all of our social media is there. Some of the articles that I talked about earlier tonight about the cancer and the sweeteners and the alcohol warnings that are going to be coming out in Ireland and the napping story, I'm going to put them on the Facebook page later this evening when I get out of here. All right. Now, um, We have Dr. Mike Wilson on the line, a cardiologist here in Houston, Texas. His website is HoustonMDs.org. Dr. Wilson, it's always great to have you on the radio, and you always articulate the questions that I throw at you. (laughs) Well, thank you, Joe. Thanks for having me. Now, uh, I don't know. Did you have a chance to listen to Paul, our listener, that had some problems with his heart? Yes, I did. And uh, his story gives a, a new meaning to the term good neighbor. Yes, that is true. 
That is that is good. And um, like so many people, in 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 a sense, and and you see very similar type patients that I see. They they are a bit on the complicated side. They have multiple medical problems. But how often are patients coming to you in the in the cardiology space based on a hunch or on a recommendation of a friend, coworker, relative, you know, the guy sitting in the cubicle next to him, uh, rather than being guided by the healthcare team where a patient is evaluated, they're looked at, and the treating physician will say, look, because of your high blood pressure, your diabetes, a little bit of kidney disease, you need to see a cardiologist or other other specialist. Tell us, tell us about that. I think that uh, it's a very common scenario. And uh, today's world, as you pointed out when you were discussing this with Paul, is in today's world, you're given X number of minutes at each visit, and uh, a physician has a series of guidelines and step points and algorithms to go by. So the meeting and the interaction a lot of times becomes very impersonal. Right. And I think a lot of people feel like if I'm talking to my neighbor who knows me and knows some of the things that I'm worried about, perhaps what they're recommending to me is along the lines of my concerns. Right. And that may not be the same interaction they're having with their doctor. Right. No, that's true. And I think we all in the practice of medicine have to slow down just a little bit and and listen. But at the same time, you do need patience. And again, this is why for those listen to this listen to this program, we want to give you the support to ask questions of your doctors. And if you have concerns to ask rather than just say, well, he or she didn't ask, we ran out of time, I'll catch him next year. That could be a, a major mistake. Oh, absolutely. It's uh, nobody's perfect. And to raise questions about your own health is extremely important and you always should. Yeah. Now, before we get into the, the calcium test that he had done, a real quick overview for everybody on some of the two parts here, really the risk factors for heart disease and the symptoms. What do you think? I know this is this is a whole hour, but you're you're a pro, <laughs> yeah. and we'll get we'll cover it. Well, the the very brief version is the the older you are, the greater your likelihood of developing the disease process that causes heart attacks and strokes, atherosclerosis. So age is the principal thing, the principal risk factor. Right. And your risk really starts at age about uh, roughly forty five in men, fifty five in women. But the risk factors, the things that can predispose you to early disease development, start much earlier right. and are recognizable much earlier. And those are high blood pressure, high cholesterol, uh-huh. di- diabetes, right. smoking. is I, I would put smoking second only to aging is the most potent risk factor for uh-huh. the de- early onset development of disease. And then, of course, excess body weight and there are a few other minor, what they call disease modifiers, but those are the big ticket items. If, if those things describe you, and if you have at least one of those risk factors, 
than concern and testing and asking your doctor, what's my risk right. of having a heart attack in the next 10 years is an important part of your health maintenance. Yeah. I, I would say if you have any of those or multiple risks, you know, you have diabetes and high cholesterol or diabetes, cholesterol, and you're obese, that almost mandates a, a uh, hit the pause button when you're in the doctor to say, we have to have a much deeper conversation. Now, now symptom-wise, because a lot of people are walking around, even my liver patients are coming in with shortness of breath and chest pain, and they essentially blow it off to one of a hundred different things, but that is equally dangerous. Yes, it is, because the uh, the symptoms can be very subtle and, and uh uh, the most important thing to recognize is a great many people have in their head, well, if I have a heart attack, it's going to make my chest hurt. Right. And the, the truth is, if you take 100 people who had a heart attack and you ask them, did that hurt? Mm -hmm. Most of them are going to tell you, not really, but it was really uncomfortable. Right. So if you're having a symptom that is, I become uncomfortable with exercise or emo emotional stress mm -hmm. or with uh, after a large meal, then those are the times where you say, I wonder if this could be heart disease. Right. So it's not always pain, but if you say, I get very uncomfortable, particularly in the chest, the neck, the shoulders, and sometimes the back. And if it's accompanied by difficulties breathing, nausea at the same time or sweating, and in particular, if you get the sensation of saying, boy, there's just something wrong. Right. That sensation with those symptoms, it's time to call your doctor. Yeah, exactly. All right. What we're going to do, we're going to take a quick break here, uh, Dr. Mike Wilson, and we're going to dedicate the next and final segment to this whole calcium score test and what it means. Should you get it done? And if you get a bad result, then what? Stay tuned, Dr. Joe Galati, drjogalati.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in with us on this 4th of July Sunday, Dr. Joe Galati. Usually on the 4th of July weekend or thereabouts, I do a little holiday safety session, but we don't have time tonight. But please be careful because you know what's going to happen Tuesday, uh, Wednesday morning. We're going to wake up and hear the stories of the drownings, the car accidents, the fires, kids getting their fingers blown off. I think you all know the drill. Just be careful this weekend. Have fun, but uh, make sure you show up Tuesday with all your fingers and limbs and everybody's alive. All right, Dr. James Wilson on the line, our go-to cardiologist all the time. Um, okay, so Paul, our listener who was on the beginning of the show, Went for a calcium score, calcium scan, feeling good, thought he was on top of the world, comes back with a score of 1,100, 1,100. People that I know are getting scores of 70, 140, 300. What does 1,100 mean to you? So uh, the, the score can be uh, scary as a as a number what these scores are is a, a cat scan takes a picture of your heart very right. quickly and everywhere there's a little piece of calcium in your heart that gets counted as a one right and you add all those up through your your coronary arteries 
Now, the, the numbers go kind of like this. From zero to 10, yeah, I think there's something there, not really sure. If it's a complete zero, hey, fantastic, there's nothing. Zero to right. 10, I'm not sure. 10 to 100, there's definitely something there. Uh huh. When, when you get over 100, that's where your risk of heart attack in the next five years starts to really rise. So you're identified as somebody you've got atherosclerosis, the stuff that can cause a heart attack. Right. Now, here's where the numbers come in. I'm, gonna give a, I'm, I'm not going to go exact on the numbers, but I'm going to give them where they're easy to remember. Sure. So 100 is the cut point. 500 is the point at which your chance of having a heart attack in the next five years is the same as somebody who already knows he, has a, he or she has a narrowing in their arteries. Okay. When you get over 1,000, your chance of a heart attack in the next five years is the same as somebody who's had a bypass operation. Right. So you've identified then, I've got disease, I've got an increased risk of heart attack. It does not, this is the important thing, that score does not mean you have a whole lot of narrowings and you need an operation or you need a stent or any of that business. Right. It just means you need to treat the disease and treating the disease is lifestyle modification, weight management, and cholesterol lowering. Okay. And diabetes treatment if you've got it. Right. Now, um, so you get the results and you're sitting at home panicking, concerned. It's the, you know, proverbial wake-up call. What is the next set of tests? We are all, in a way, blessed and cursed with all of this right. technology. We could go for something called a, a, a CT angiogram. There's nuclear right. stress yep. tests. As the cardiologist, what do you think about now? So the most important thing I tell people that come in with these or that I get the test with them is to remind them that, look, this is not the end of the world. You're very fortunate to have found this before it caused a major problem. Right. The next thing is if the score is high and your risk of a heart attack is high, I'm going to be treating you with medicines, but I'll need to know, okay, if you have that heart attack, are you at even greater risk? Do I need to treat you even more aggressively? So – once that score is over about 500, I usually recommend that they have a stress test. Right. Now, Paul gave an example of somebody who's exercising regularly and vigorously, and when he talks to his doctor, it may not be necessary. Right. But, but the question you have now is, okay, I've, got, I've identified disease. Has this person got disease that's so bad that they might die with that next heart attack in the next five years, and do I have to treat them aggressively? Right. Stress test is first. The CT angiogram hasn't really navigated properly to its role in this discussion just yet. Okay. It, it, is, a, it is a very good test to identify anatomy. It's not as good as a real angiogram. Uh -huh. And it can sometimes be misleading because it overestimates your disease sometimes. Right. Okay. But getting a stress test of some kind is probably the next thing to do. Yeah. If your score is, if you're like the guys you were talking about, 70, 140, it's okay, let's, let's address your LDL cholesterol. Right. 500 or more, it's probably stress tests. Right. Okay. Now, um, certainly there's been a lot written about statins on how they are very helpful in this situation. 
lifestyle modifications, continuing to exercise or start exercising and change your diet. Where, and, and really I'd say we've always known that the Mediterranean diet is good. It seems like more research is coming out on Mediterranean. What do you tell your patients with this um, plant-based, i.e. Mediterranean diet? So I, I, I emphasize to all of them that the first thing that we're, our first goal is to manage your body weight. Right. And, and however you're going to be able to follow a diet most effectively is most important. I think the Mediterranean diet is so good because it's so sensible. It's right. so easy to follow. And I try to steer people in that direction because it's a diet that you can live on. Right. Unlike, unlike a lot of fad diets, which really lead to more problems than they solve. Yeah. No, without a doubt. And, you know, you talk about Mediterranean diet, the fruits, the vegetables, the citrus, the fish. Um, right. It, it's the, it, four, the four F's and we'll leave the fire water off. Right. <laughs> Not tonight. Um, right. Now, just in general, as patients are, uh, I don't want to say they're, they're, you know, I think we have two two brands of patients. Those that are very passive and they just nod their head, do what the doctor says. Others are the more aggressive, the patients that come in with 50 pages of uh, printout from the internet, which it, I'm okay with that, to tell you the truth. Uh, uh, yeah. Maybe 30 pages. But um, uh, is there a problem with the population at large mass testing with all of these things like a calcium score is is it for everybody you know where do we draw the line on hey i want to know i need to know and darn it i'm going to get a a, a test like this well i i think that one of the points is that you brought up earlier is it's a good point of discussion with your doctor right because in many instances where you say hey should i get a calcium score the question's already been answered. If you are, let's say you're 60 years old, you're diabetic and you have high blood pressure. Well, your doctor should already be treating you as though you have coronary artery disease, right. is aggressively lowering your cholesterol. And the calcium score won't change your medical management right. because you're already being treated aggressively. Right. So it's a good point of discussion. So do I need it or not? Have you already helped me through this decision and I wasn't even aware of it? Right. But I, I, I would say the take home tonight, based on Paul and uh, I'd like to know what the name of his neighbor was, you know, uh, <laughs> Bob saved Paul's life, you know, let's put it that way. But, but anyway, having, having these conversations and, and, you know, the one thing he did mention is we should all be talking with our friends, you know, what's going on with you. I mean, you know, uh, you know, we talk about everything else, but we, we, don't want to talk too much about our health, but I do think we have to foster a good, healthy relationship with your your care team. And and Mike, I'll I'll give you the last thirty seconds on that. Why it is so important? It's it's, it's absolutely critical because as as uh, as I was mentioning earlier, as as we go through in our discussions. Uh, I may be seeing somebody with a question of, say, a valve problem. Right. And I'm so focused on that where I, I will essentially forget to address some of the other things that are important to that person. And right. some of them may be critical. 
do I need my carotids looked at, doctor? Right. Should I have a calcium score done? Right. Those are critical. So you, you really must be your own advocate, as you pointed out. All right. Dr. James Michael Wilson, uh, HoustonMDs.org. As always, Mike, thanks for coming on tonight. Thanks for having me, Jeff. All right. Great. All right, everybody. Well, look, uh, hopefully this was a worthwhile exercise tonight. Have a great 4th of July. Remember, you live in America. It is a great country. Take care of yourselves and we'll see you next Sunday night. Thanks for listening today to our podcast. Don't forget, for more information, check out drjoegalati.com. Information about my book, Eating Yourself Sick, is available there, as well as our clinical practice, radio program, and social media links. We need you to be part of our tribe and community. Until we meet again, I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Ciao.